welcome to episode number four of the Laundry List podcast. I'm glad you're here. My name is Trisha Preeby, and I'm here with the one and only Bethany Hager. And we're excited to dive into another conversation with you today. This is the podcast for list junkies, where we talk about important things, trivial things, and everything in between. And we do it by presenting you with a new list. We're excited about the list we've got for you today. So let's get started. All right, Bethany, I literally gave zero seconds of thought to how we would open this episode today. So how would you open it? Okay, everybody, this is Bethany Hager. I'm here with the one and only Trisha Preeby. That has a good ring to it. And this is another of the episodes of this Laundry List podcast that we are recording on location, live and in person, Yep, together at a cabin in the woods in an undisclosed remote location. Very remote. It's very colorful and peaceful. I have loved this day. What do you think, Trisha? Well, first of all, that was a great intro. And second of all, yes, I absolutely agree with you. I have been plotting all day today how on earth I can recreate this day again tomorrow and every day thereafter. This has been such a perfect getaway at a much needed time. Yeah, we're like planning when is the next time that we can get away from everything and just be out here where it's quiet and peaceful. Oh, oh, maybe a quarantine situation. That is basically what we've been doing the last few days is just quarantining here in a cabin. Yeah. I mean, not like I'm asking to be sick, but at this point, if there's anybody in your circle who's sick, then you have to quarantine. <coughs> oh, I think you have the cough. Yep. We better another two weeks, Bummer. which hopefully works out for all of you people listening to this, because I feel like the creative juices flow better when we're recording in the same room. And that just makes the quality of this podcast even better. So I'm probably being Captain Obvious for even pointing this out. But there's just something I think about getting away and specifically getting out into nature mm -hmm. that sort of unlocks your thoughts, <laughs> makes you think better, or at least makes me think better. Yes, I'm not good at it, but I want to get out more often. I want to learn to be in nature better. And to really take advantage of this incredible world that we've been gifted. Yeah. And that's what we're doing right now. So, but that is not why you are listening, listener. <laughs> you are here probably because of the topic of this podcast. So what is our topic today, Bethany? In this episode, I'm actually pretty excited about this topic because um, with a presidential election coming up, and by the time you hear this, it will either be on the verge of that election or it will have just happened. We wanted to spend a little time talking, maybe talking about the election a little, but we we don't want it to be a downer. Right. And so in the end, I think we're going to roll back around to the five ways we can identify that whichever way this presidential election goes, whoever ends up in office, in the White House, in Congress, at whatever level of government you're voting for this time around. And actually, at this point, that can also include what happens with our current Supreme Court nomination. No matter how that turns out, some things in life won't change. To me, that's very comforting. Very comforting. I do love to watch what's happening in the political world, and we certainly have some thoughts about that. But I think as we do our tasks at home, thinking about taking care of the laundry and the home 
fires burning and the clutter and the cleaning. And it's just kind of comforting to know that some things will stay the same. Bethany, that's a really good point. I feel like we could almost end the episode right there and have something pretty important to think about. Get to go. You're right that, you know, a lot really can change depending on who's elected president, but there's a lot that won't change. Right. And a lot of those things that won't change are actually some of the most important things in exactly. life. So very good word. So before we jump into the list, what are a couple of your thoughts on this election coming up? Oh, thoughts about the current presidential election. First, and this is nothing new, um, maybe you feel the same way, listener. I've just been disappointed by the nature of our current cultural climate. Mm -hmm. I just am in awe almost daily of the things I see online, the things I hear in person, the way we're treating each other as we're talking about the election season. Yeah, I'm just disappointed that this is the climate that we're in. You know, I'm I'm a parent of young kids, right. and I'm spending my time teaching them how to be kind, how to listen, how to show respect even to someone you disagree with. Mm -hmm. And then there are examples left and right where you turn around and, well, not like that, kids. Well, don't be like that. Kid. Yep, I know those adults are talking to each other that way, but don't you talk to each other that way. Mm -hmm. It's just been kind of an ongoing disappointment to me, the way that we've lost our ability to dialogue and debate. Hmm. And I don't know if we can get it back. I don't know if this is a new era, a new chapter in our, our culture. But um, I've been disappointed that we can't just disagree and still be kind and yes. still be friends. It's okay. Not even okay. It's good to disagree. Right? So I'm disappointed by that, number one. And then the second thought that I have I know that the role of president is very important, and I don't want to do anything to disparage that or speak unkindly of that. Right. However, we have a system of checks and balances in our government that have been created specifically to make sure that no one branch of government, i.e. the president, um, would become too powerful. That was the whole point of the U.S. Constitution, yes. right? And the framers who built a system that adequately um, divides power between these three branches of U.S. government. And so the fact that we get so worked up about this one branch, now I understand it's important. And obviously, I want to see the right person placed in office. I'm not trying to minimize that. Mm -hmm. But this idea that one person in one branch of our U.S. government could or would control it all is is letting our fear kind of get the best of us and run away with reality. Right. We have a separation of powers for a purpose. And really, I think it's important that we care about all of our our branches of government almost equally, right? Um, they all have such tremendous impact on our nation. So yes, no matter how this election season ends, it isn't the end of the world. And it isn't either where I think we should place our hope entirely. Right. So those are my high level thoughts at this point. What are your thoughts? Bethany? Sure. I like what you said about how we've noticed that public debate is not as civil as it has been in the even in our lifetimes, we've seen better and more civil public debate, mm -hmm. um, and not as even as good as we know it could be. And I wonder 
if we might see people start to take steps back toward a better debate style, more civility. I think it will require a focused effort to teach the skills of debate and dialogue. I really wonder about that. I was going to ask you if we think that it needs to be a skill that's taught in school more. I may be in the minority, which is absolutely fine. But I think debate should be a required course at this point for students. I really do. So you and I both have experienced a debate context. We were on debate team together in college. Yep. And um, I had a logic class, actually a couple lit persuasion and logic and of course, freshman speech. Everybody who went through the school that we know uh, that we went to knows about freshman speech. Yep. And if I was to give maybe one or two pointers about debate to people thinking about civil discourse, um, I'm going to give you a moment to think of your two, but I think the two off the top of my head would be body language is important. Yes. You can begin to present your case well, simply by the way you present yourself. Sure. When you stand up to speak at the podium, um, you can command respect by the way that you carry yourself. And I think that carries through to the rest of life. Thinking about bullying situations, you can begin to stand up for yourself and to command respect simply by the way you carry yourself. Sure. And then the second tip would be, um, look, the way that you present your position can be done articulately with respect um, and there are principles you can think through before you ever send a word out of your mouth. You can be sure that you are actually addressing the issues mm-hmm. and that you're doing it in a coherent way that proceeds slowly. That means you need to do the thinking ahead of time well before the words come out of your mouth. What would you add to that? So when I think about our time in debate, one of the greatest priorities, one of the greatest emphases that comes to my mind is that of research. Yeah. I think about all of the time that we spent researching whatever topic we were getting ready to debate. Mm-hmm. Research can be tedious, right? Right. But it is so important to know what you believe and it's important to know what your opponent believes. And where I think that translates into real life is really exploring what it is that's out there. Where are you getting your facts? Are they coming from a reputable place? Yes. You know, I think it's very tempting just to share every forward or every graphic that looks good or sounds good. But there's an element to which we should all be researching and not just repeating what we hear. Right. So that would be my first thought. All right. And then really quickly, the second debate skill that I think is so important that I also think translates well into life is just the skill of watching our tone. Tone is so important. I think we've all been part of discussions that have been shut down for no other reason than the way someone was speaking, whether it was us or someone speaking to us. Right. How we speak matters as much as what we say. And so tone. As you know, you probably remember it from debate. I know I do that tone can win or lose a discussion. And so uh, I think it's super important. And especially like we have been talking about, especially in this this current climate that we're in. I think that's a good reminder of there are going to be values, there are going to be skills and um, character traits 
we want to see in ourselves and instill in our kids and have around our homes far after this election is done. And it's good to be reminded of those things that carry through yep. and to remind ourselves, uh, hopefully the next little bit here will be a hopeful tone that things will stay the same to some extent, whatever the results of the election. Yes. Um, so we each came up with five ways that this 2020 presidential election won't change things for us in our personal lives. Or maybe you talked about society and I'm interested to hear Trisha's list. So we've kind of um, taken turns. Who's going to go first? Um, how do you want to do it today? Do you want you want me to go first this time? Always. You know the answer to that, Bethany. <laughs> Whether we are skydiving or sharing our lists, I want you to go first so that I have time to change my mind. All righty. She's still working on hers over there, so I can jump into mine. Five ways this election won't change things for me, Bethany. And I have to admit, I kind of started with this list. I started um, in and a little bit ridiculous, and I worked my way out to the more kind of sublime, and um, hopefully by the end it is impactful. So the very first way that this election won't change things for me, um, no matter who wins in this election, no matter who is president of the United States after November 3rd this year, I still won't be president of the United States. Isn't that sad? That is sad. It is America's loss. You are a great attorney and you would be a great president. And um, you know how there's that meme going around where it said anybody who in 2015 gave an answer to the where will you be in five years, their answer was wrong. Yes. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. 2015 was the year that I became finally old enough to be president of the United States. And I got to tell you, it started to hit me in that moment that year. Oh, wait a minute. I may be old enough to be president, but I've literally done nothing else that would put me on that path. You've been a resident of the United States for at least 14 years. Don't <laughs> underestimate your accomplishments. <laughs> Check. Yes. So maybe I can still put my plan in motion, but it won't happen this year. 2020, I still won't be president of the United States after this election. So I will keep improving myself and working toward that. Another way, the second thing that encourages me as I think about the fact that I won't be president after this election, after this election, I will, though, still be who God made me to be. Yep. And I believe I will be placed where he wants me to be. Or I will have everything I need to get to that place because God has promised, and I believe it, that uh, we have our identity in him and it's secure no matter what. And he's given us what we need for life and godliness. And those things are secure no matter what. Yep. So whatever happens in this election, you know, my identity in him is secure and I believe he's placed me where he wants me to be. And I'm going to hold on to that. And trust me, in 2020, I think that is something we need to hold on to. Absolutely, Bethany. Those are some good thoughts. Your identity will not change as a result of this election. Thank you. Yep. So the third thing I think that's not going to change for me after this election, I kind of lumped a bunch of them together. Um, but what is not going to change is... We, I, and I think some of you will share this, have this heritage behind us. We have really good memories in our lives of good times of the past. And I'm very thankful. I have um, a family 
um, my siblings, my nieces and nephews, my parents and grandparents behind us. And then, of course, my kids to take care of and my husband and those things that are all part of my past and have laid a foundation for my future. Those are the same whatever happens in the election. Yep. Um, and Trisha made a point earlier about our American heritage. It was the your reference to the separation of powers and the balance of powers among the branches. That's glorious. When you think about the three branches on the federal government, right. and then you have three branches usually at the state level of government, all balancing each other out on those levels, and then the federal and state balancing each other out. I love that tension that that way the system is designed and that's part of our heritage as american citizens that is not going to change we hope we hope it's part of our constitution so it's still firm for now um but then more personally just knowing that my family's still going to be around me after november 3rd and we have each other around us that's that's some security and, and something hopeful um to get us through whatever the days hold in other areas. I love it, Bethany. Those are some really good reminders. Absolutely. And then number four thing that won't change because of the election is uh, something I've been more aware of this year to value and take advantage of. And it's this, that I can still choose to go outside and and be in nature, um, to take a walk, to pause during my day and pray for a moment or, or three or five or ten moments or, or spend my quiet time with God. I can go out and I can feel the sun on my face. It's still going to be there after the election. I can enjoy things like music and something creative like this podcast. We're still going to be doing this after the election. Yep. I can read a good book. I can enjoy a movie or a TV show, and there are things still to enjoy and to be grateful for and to kind of soak in, and uh, it means sometimes helping life move at a slower pace, but we're able to do that. We can choose to do that no matter what's going on um, in the world around us or in government or who's in office. Yep. Our ultimate joy and delight has really nothing to do with who is in office. That's a really good point. So I think that's good. And then the last thing, I told you they were going to get grander. You did. As we went, kind of more philosophical. The last thing that's not going to change at after the election is, um, to me, the most important, the most far-reaching, the most sure and steadfast thing of all, and that's this, that I have a hope in Jesus. Yes. Um, that he is my savior. Um, it is true and will always be true that whatever happens in this sinful world around us or even in me, he loved me enough to come to this earth to die and to pay the penalty for my sins. And that hope of the gospel that he then rose from the dead and conquered death for us. And he's coming again someday. And I think that day is sooner and sooner than ever. So that hope is sure. It is. And I guarantee you nothing, nothing is going to change that. Agreed. He is king and he is coming and that doesn't change. Bethany, that's really all we need to know, isn't it? That's one of the beautiful things about faith, I believe, is that true faith really makes everything else insignificant by comparison. Those are some great thoughts. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I want to hear Trisha's five. Well, you've set the bar pretty high, Bethany, especially with that last one. But I am going to give it my best shot. And I'm going to start by reminding the listener 
that unlike you, Bethany, I have zero political aspiration. (laughs) Bethany does law for a living. She and I have had dozens of conversations through the years about what kind of political aspirations she may or may not have in the future. You probably picked up on that during her list. I, however, have zero. In fact, if it were possible to have less than zero, which I know it's not, math majors, you don't need to write (laughs) me an email, but I have zero political aspiration. In fact, if you gave me the option today between running for some political office or getting my wisdom teeth pulled. Keep in mind, my wisdom teeth have already been pulled. I would find a way to go and get them put back into my head so that my favorite dentist could take them out. I would choose having my wisdom teeth pulled. So nothing about me is going to go the political route today. I have no political aspirations whatsoever. Okay. All right. So that said... On my list of what will not change after this election, number one, you will still have your purpose. And I know you, Bethany, kind of touched on this already, so I will be brief with this point. But basically, our purpose is given to us by God and is not dependent on who is in office. So the day after the election, regardless of who gets in or who does not get in, more to the point, right, regardless we still have our purpose. We still have a job to do. We still have responsibilities. None of that changes. And I think that that is significant. Yes. So that is number one. Number two, you and I, because these are all for myself as well, we will still have the responsibility and the privilege to pray and to want the best for our leadership. I've never understood this attitude that says, well, if it's not the president that I voted for, then I hope he or she fails. First of all, I do not think an attitude like that should ever characterize a Christian. But second of all, I do not think an attitude like that should characterize an American As a leader goes, so goes a nation. I want my nation to succeed. I should want my leadership to succeed. Yes. So without taking too much of a rabbit trail, I hope, I heard a term this week for the first time, and I am absolutely fascinated by it. First of all, if you are a true German speaker, I apologize in (laughs) advance. It is a German term, and I am not a German speaker whatsoever, even though I have the last name Preby, which is German. My husband's family is German. I am not German, so I'm probably about to absolutely slaughter this term. But the term is schadenfreude. I believe I'm saying it correctly, schadenfreude. It is two German words put together to make one term. The word schaden actually refers to some sort of trouble or um, conflict. And the term freude is a term that refers to joy. So the term schadenfreude put together actually is the experience of feeling some sort of joy or pleasure, maybe some sense of self-satisfaction that comes from learning that someone else is in trouble or failing or is humiliated. And I honestly think that this is something that we have learned to do and to feel politically. Yes. Um, 
instead of feeling sympathy towards somebody's misfortune, um, this term actually evokes joyful feelings. It actually gives us pleasure watching somebody fail. And I think that ought to never ever characterize us when it comes to our president, regardless of how we voted. Right. And one other quick note along those lines, I think this is something we have to purpose to teach our kids. Yes. I think our children are watching and listening to the way that we talk about our leadership And they really ought to see us showing respect for the office. They ought to see us praying for our leadership, regardless of how we voted. I think if we don't figure out how to do this as adults, we're going to raise another generation of Americans who do not know how to treat the office of president. I think it's very important. So here we are thinking about, you know, laundry lists and things around the house. And then the big, big picture of how can we influence national politics? It feels so far away. You can influence national politics by what you teach your kids. Yep. Now, today, this generation coming up, if they learn some of these values and principles then as much as you put it into place in your daily life, they can build on that and multiply it. There's power. Absolutely. So that is my number two. And then number three, regardless of how the election goes, we will still have a country worth living and fighting for. Yes. I'm always grieved when I hear people disparage an entire country because of someone in office that they do not want to be in office. I think about the many men and women who have given of their time, many of them to be outside the country for a year or more at a time. You think about men and women who have given their lives in service to our country. Yeah. And then how flippantly we can really write all of that off because we don't like an election result. And that is too bad. Of course, it's this time every four years when we start to see people say things about, I'm just going to leave the country, you know, if my person doesn't get the job. And in fact, recently, this is just a little fun anecdote, but recently a friend of mine posted online that she is leaving the country, she's going to Canada. And I am not a confrontational person by nature, but I was getting ready to write her and kind of call her out on it. I was disappointed. And then I found out she's just being transferred for work. (laughs) So I'm so glad I didn't say something foolish. But the point is, please, please, please don't talk about leaving the country if your presidential candidate doesn't win, because you still have a country worth living in, worth fighting for, worth praying for, worth supporting. Yes. I think it's important. Yes. Okay, so that was number three. Number four, regardless of how the election goes, we will still either have or not have, depending, our integrity. Right. Our integrity is not based on whether or not the person we voted for gets the job. Our integrity is really based on how we act both before and after the election. Right. And I'm actually thankful that that is something that is not necessarily changed. We can still be people of integrity. And it's that simple. So I won't spend a lot of time expounding on it. Okay. And then number five, this one, I'm really not trying to be funny when I say this, but number five, regardless of the election, you and I will still need to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. 
And I say that because it is easy to think that so much changes, everything's going to change, our world is going to change. And in reality, regardless of who wins the election, the very next day, Wednesday, November 4th, we will still need to get up, make breakfast, help our families, help our children, go to work, do our jobs, serve the people we care about, help our communities. All of those things will still be required of us. So we will still have an important job to do, whether or not the person we voted for gets into office. Yes. So those are my five points for today. There's my list. I feel like we should go out with a presidential fanfare or the national anthem or maybe a rousing rendition of... uh, I'm not going to sing anything on this podcast since it's being recorded, just so we're clear. If you get ready to sing something right now, it's a solo. (laughs) Hey, today, you have to send us off with the reminder. This is your reminder to... What's it going to be? I'm actually going to give two reminders today, because why follow the instructions? All right. Your first reminder is this. Since you have made it this far in today's episode, we would love to hear what you would include on your list. I don't know if you've made a list as you've been listening to us, or if it's something you'd like to give some thought to, but we would love to know what you would include on your list of things that will not change after this election. Yes. So if you're willing to share that list, you can either hop onto our website, which is laundrylistpodcast.com, where we have all of our social media listed there, or you can go directly to our Facebook or Instagram and share your list with us there. We will see it, we will respond to it, and it will make our day. So we thank you in advance. That's right. This is also your reminder that we are in the midst of seasonal changes. So this is a great time to go ahead and check the batteries in your smoke detectors and your carbon monoxide detectors. And if for any reason you do not own both of those, this would be a good time to go out and make that investment. I think that just about covers it for today. Thank you for being here, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.